The views expressed in this presentation are expressly those of the presenter and do not reflect the official policy or position of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, the United States Air Force, Department of Defense, or United States government. faithful for you all good morning good afternoon and good evening worldwide you are now listening to the hottest we the rebel nation the revolution the revolt and the most hype ofc that you ever have seen that'd be me christian the hype man sledge live from the university of nevada las vegas debt four and we got a spot all up in your detachment and thank you very much for that okay so today we're going to get in here. We, you know, we still got a job. We still got to record and we still got some, some work to do. All right. So we're going to get ahead and get, uh, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys a little bit of education on defining yourselves as exceptional versus ordinary people. Okay. Now I might get into peace some people's feelings right now. Right. But hold on tight, buckle up. Right. And if the shoe fits, you got to wear it, right? It is what it is. I might be hurting some folks' feelings. Man, you call me ordinary. Oh, I'm different than that. And it's like, hey, it is what it is. So we're going gonna to go ahead and give you some education on that so that you can look in the mirror and redefine yourselves, right? And, and figure out if you need to make some changes in your life. Because there's no growth without change and there's no change without growth, right? So let's, let's get into it. Let's get it popping a little bit. As we as we break it down a little bit, okay. So, uh, oftentimes, you know, a lot of people, you know, go throughout their lives as ordinary people, right? Ordinary people, as in, you know, they live ordinary lives. They here's the standard. I'm I'm hitting the standard, right? I'm meeting it, right? However, comma they want extraordinary lives they want extraordinary things to happen to them they want extra you know extraordinary events to occur that just blows their lives out the water and they live like i always often say on a higher plane right but they live ordinary lives okay most of these folks who are you know especially in air force rotc um, or you're, you know, trying to come, you know, climb up the corporate ladder, you're a supervisor, you're a manager, you guys want more, right? But you're living a regular, ordinary life. You're producing ordinary outputs, which that's a problem, right? Especially if you're expecting an extraordinary outcome. Okay. So, I want you guys to keep that in mind as I as I define this, as I break this down a little bit, right? Ordinary is just regular stuff, right? You know the difference between extraordinary and ordinary? It's one word, right? Okay. I know I previously talked to you guys about putting in, right? Analyzing what you're putting in because what you put in is what you get out. So ordinary input 
normally in most cases gives you an ordinary output, right? Now, if you put in a little bit extra, sometimes it doesn't have to be a lot. It could just be an extra, you know, 15 minutes or something. It could be an extra, you know, amount of something. It could be an extra five push-ups for those who are trying to work that, you know, fitness assessment. It could be five extra sit-ups, right? When I know your body wants to quit, but you're saying, nope, I got to put in extra. I've already met the standard. But I am I am I'm a revolutionary in the regard that this is a standard and I'm beyond it. So I'm going to do that extra five pushups and get that extra milestone done. Okay, see that that changes things. What you could have got an ordinary score, but you just put in a little extra and now you're shooing for an extraordinary score. See, the key word there is extra, folks. So. I need you guys to get smart on that. And again, look in the mirror, analyze yourselves and say, am I putting in extra? Am, am, I, or am I putting in just ordinary, right? What is the standard? What is, what is the, you know, the standard for where I'm going? And am I, I'm meeting that standard? Okay, cool. But you know that in your heart of hearts, it, it, it shouldn't be good enough. You should be beyond the standard. You should be above average, especially those who are trying to be high level officers, uh, managers, supervisors, you know, leaders of people. Come on now. I expect the people under me to follow the standard. I, as a leader, have to be above it. So why not practice it now? Why not look at the standard now and say, "Ah, I got to do a little bit more than that. Come on now. I know I can break through that. Right. That is you mentally saying, I've got to be extra in order to become extraordinary. Otherwise, you're going to produce an ordinary output in your mind. And in your mind, your body's going to follow your mind. So what I'm saying is I need y'all to get smart on analyzing yourselves and figuring out what your output is. What are you willing to accept in your lives, right? You've got to dig deep in there. Some people are saying this is good enough, and it's not. And then they get their hearts broken when they find out that they make the cut for something, or you know they were like, oh, I could, I should have, wish I could have, I, I should have did that extra five push-ups. See, that's too late. Right now, it's too late. Right? You should know what kind of leader you are going to be, what you aspire to be. You should know that leaders should always strive to be above the standard extraordinary we're not doing ordinary it's not enough hence the revolution hence the revolt okay again we are on your boat but we're going to another plane on that boat we're trying to get beyond it okay because the standards are not good enough right so you should have that in your mind it's all a mental setting it's all the setup right the setup starts in your mind where are you going what is the standard and how do i get beyond it How do I break that glass ceiling and say this is not good enough? Okay. So, again, no matter what you do. So, because people, you're going to ask, you get to a point where you you are ordinary. You you produce an ordinary result. Or you're going to need something from someone, right? And that person who's the approving authority is going to say, well, what's the exception? Because here's here's the standard. They didn't even meet my standard today. Right. Maybe the standard is 
already an extraordinary metric and you can't reach it because you're you, you hadn't done your due diligence here right so the person who's the approval authority for your exception to policy might ask the question what's the exception who are we talking about is this person all is this person ordinary or are they extraordinary right do they do they put in a significant amount of input in order for me to give them the output that they're looking for and very often the answer is no because we wouldn't even be in this situation in the first place if we just took a second looked at the standards and figured out how we're going to get there to the point where we're meeting the standards and then not settle there exceed them right go beyond them right what are we doing in order to make that happen are, are we trying or are we just trying to are we just balancing out are we just going you know are we just riding on the boat i don't know right that's for you guys to analyze and i know again like i said i know people are pretty hurt by this probably by now i i i i shed no apologies there right i'm just going to be real with you right if you want an extraordinary life you're going to have to do some extraordinary things you can't expect to live an extraordinary life when you have ordinary inputs okay for you ROTC cadets and anybody like them, just going into the military is something extraordinary. You are the 1%, okay? That's already extraordinary. Just, so, so just joining is, is difficult in itself, right? So of course, naturally, these departments, these organizations that are like that are going to up the standards because they want to find out who's the best of the best. We naturally just want that, right? We have a little bit of time to develop you on the way, but at some point, when are you going to develop yourself? When are you going to say, hey, I'm looking at the mirror and the inputs that I'm giving is not good enough. Got to make some sacrifices here so I can get the inputs that I need in there so I can get the outputs I need out there. So I don't need an exception to policy. I don't need that, right? I'm already beyond. I'm, I'm with the revolution. I'm with the revolt, right? I get what they're saying. Let me get up out this bed a little bit early. Let me get some, some challenge in my life, right? Let me go ahead and get it. Because those people who you want to lead in the future, those people you want to save in the future and protect, yeah, they, they can't do ordinary, okay? They need something extraordinary. I don't care if you're flying F-16s, doing cyber stuff, logistics. I don't care. It's all extraordinary stuff. People don't do that every single day. So why are you giving an everyday input? Okay. You looking in the mirror again. Okay. I need you to do that. You know, my supervisor, look, I, I try to come, you know, cadets come to me. People come to me and say, Hey, I need an exception. I need this. I need that. And I'm like, okay, I can ask. All right. My supervisor don't play around. Right. My supervisor says, Okay, I own the ETP. I own the exception of policy. What's so special about this individual? And I had to break it down, right? And I would love to be able to say this is this is the exception, but I don't. I can't. Sometimes I don't. I don't have a leg to stand on, right? So I beg you guys. I encourage you. I challenge you. I want you, please, to go beyond ordinary. Be the exception be beyond that if you act like that mentally and get yourself set up properly then i promise 
You won't ever need an exception to policy because you already operate. That's your baseline. My baseline is to be extraordinary. extraordinary. My output is going to be beyond the standards because it's not good enough for me to be standard. I got to go beyond it. I got to get there. I got to show everybody. I got to show the people who follow me. I got to show the people who call themselves leading me. I got to show them that they ain't got to worry about me, baby. So that's how I operate every single day. I, I, I don't get it right every single day, but for the most part, I do get it right, baby. So I need you guys to do the same thing. I need you to get into the mirror. And I said, and I need you to analyze your outputs and everything you do and say, I'm not going to get it right every single day, but I'm going to try my dangest every day to give out my best, ask for help, get those resources, get all that, do my due diligence, right? And become the exception. I want you guys to think about that. I want you guys to grab that. And I want you guys to challenge yourselves and do that. Okay? Three, two, one, let's go. Good evening, everybody, all around the world. We are back again. We are back again. It has been a while, but we are still up in here. We are still breathing. Go ahead and go ahead and do this. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. See, if you're able to do that, then you are listening to the hottest Air Force ROTC podcast out there to date. Go ahead, take your right hand, make it two, you know, put your two fingers together. All right, go on your left wrist and go ahead and feel for a pulse. Again, if you got something, you are alive, you need to go ahead and thank God, thank your divinity or thank the universe that you are still here breathing air and doing all the good things. Yes, you got challenges, but who cares? You're actually here getting the challenges. All right. You are, you will make it. You will do the thing. All right. So you obviously know me, Christian, the hype man, Sledge, Captain United States, Air Force, all that cool stuff. But of course, this show is nothing without the crew. So I'm going to let the crew do what they do best so arroyo's out we got travis stevens in for her today and then we got general out and we have biostero sitting in for her so crew you guys are clear for the overhead pass south windsor southeast 004 knots you guys are clear for the overhead pass runway 004 all right so go ahead and start iff start with cadet warborough let you me know attack. You let's go Woo -woo. all right let's go Alive and well. And where is Wade? Where is Wade? Where is Wade? He was muted, but we here. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Later on, we might have some folks coming through the overpass as well. But right now, that is the crew for the day. But let's not forget who's uh, leading in the control tower in the engine room. This is the whole thing. We got. Uh, Tanya Madrano, Josel Santana, Felicia Riccafort, we got Natalie Dudek, Robert Cooper, uh, Esteban Canelas, and Vicky Lou out here. And we all can't forget the main man, Min Tran, who's been putting all this together. So shout out to him. Then we thank him. All right. We got Wade still hanging in the airspace. What is on your mind, good sir? How's it going, Camp Sledge? Good to be back. Um, it's been a little, we, we've been idle for a little bit on the podcast, so it's, it's good to get some new, some new info out there to record a few sessions. And as the, the podcast is kind of transitioning into this new segment where we're finally figuring out 
how we do things, who we are, what we're doing. Um, we're going out. If you're listening to this episode now, you may or may not have listened to the interview that we recorded with previous Def War alumni lieutenants Alexander London and Dennis Mitchell. And we've got a lot more in store. We've always got something cooking. So there will be plenty more of those. We'll get to hear from a lot of our alumni. We'll get to hear from some different guests. And I'll, we'll leave them as a surprise now. We'll see what it turns out to be. But I think we've got some good stuff cooking. But I think, Captain as we look at kind of how we're shaping up and talking about our careers, you know, the, the topic of the podcast today. And as we're looking at other people's careers and alumni careers, I guess what I was thinking about in the back of my head as we were writing scripts and we're planning episodes is, you know, we're talking about eligibility for ROTC. We're talking about career opportunities. We're looking back and talking to previous alumni and seeing how they're doing in their careers and everybody, how this all ties together and shapes in the Air Force, ROTC, and the military itself. And I was thinking, man, what, what would, there's a million other doors in the world. And I was just thinking about how many of those different ones would I have taken and still been successful on and, you know, really enjoy what I'm doing. That's what I was thinking about because we were talking to Lieutenant Mitchell in that previous recording. And he was talking about how he has a whole bunch of doors and opportunities open, education, schooling, training, you know, for continuing his military career and obviously even things outside of the military. And I was like, man, what what did my doors look like or what did they look like throughout my entire you know, college career. And there's quite a bit of few things, you know, if I wasn't doing the ROTC thing, I know I would have been 100% satisfied doing whatever else I wanted because those doors are just so abundant and open for everybody. There's no end all be all. I think that whatever you end up doing in life, you have to define what success means for you. And if you can reach that definition, that state of success, I think whatever door you open, whatever you do in life is going to fulfill you. I don't think that there's a title that you need to hold in order to feel like you are successful. I don't think that that's a thing for us humans. I think it's a state of being in a state of, you know, holding that, that satisfaction internally. So I was wondering, well, for me, obviously we've talked about it before. We all have our own AFSCs joining the military. I'll be going in and being a pilot but I'm thinking, man, I could be an engineer. I could go work and do things with NASA, with civilian contractors, or you know, I could go work with SpaceX, Tesla, do all these big things. There's so many doors and opportunities that are, that are great. And you yourself, I was thinking, man, what could have you have done besides you know strapping on the boots and going to BMT, what, 19, 20 years ago? Where, what, what were your doors looking like? as you progress through your uh, your career? Man, I can tell you right now, those were troubled waters when I was y'all's <laughs> age. Um, man, a troubled kid, and I just got out of the south side of Chicago and went right into the southeast of San Diego. So um, I can't say that my, my experience was the same as y'all's. At least I hadn't realized it yet. So um, it, was, it was a little tough out there where I was at, but 
I knew deep inside that those hard times, right? Because hard times make, you know, they say they make strong people, right? But that's not always necessarily true. You've got to transition yourself into those moments. You got to have a moment where it's like, I cannot be subject to this. I do not accept this, right? And like you said, you had a, you talked about success. Success is is internal. It, it, it's how you define it. So it, for me, I was driven. I had the drive. So I said, this, I do not accept this. So it, it, there's got to be something better for me out there. So that's what started me. That's what awakened me. I had had exposure to something different in life. Although I was mm-hmm. living where I was living, I was getting on that bus on 103rd Street, you know, going from this side of town to this side of town in, you know, freezing weather trying to get to school, I got exposed to something else. So that's what told me that I could do better. So I wish mm-hmm. that on everybody, but it's, it's, it's not realistic, but everybody deserves it. So what I'm, trying yeah. to t- what I'm trying to tell them is, what I'm trying to tell everybody is, success is how you define it. And just because you're going through hard times doesn't mean you have to accept it. You can make something of it and change your trajectory so that you can define what your success is and find those doors because y'all got doors, but that's because y'all were exposed to something different uh, and y'all weren't just exposed to the regular, you know, rigmarole, right? So if you talk to Biasteros, she, you know, she mentioned some things to me. It's like, hey, we got exposed to something different. If it wasn't for this, we would be here. So I, I was like, I agree with that. So for everybody out there who's doing their thing, just because you're going through hard times, doesn't mean you have to accept it. You can always change your trajectory by changing what you're exposed to, as long as it burns deep down inside you that you desire change. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And to tie it up, I mean, if you could put it in one sentence, what would you say your definition of success is? And as you started your career, has it changed throughout time? Yeah. So back in the day, my success to me was money. It was, mm-hmm. it was just, yes, it's distinguished to look at me and I, I have all this and I eat caviar and all these things that we see, uh, in, 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 you know, in my, today's modern, whatever, but that's how I saw it back in the day. But to wrap it up and I told, I told my daughter three, you know, like my, all my kids, the three things that I would define success as one, you're happy because you could be at McDonald's and happy and, and call yourself successful. You can right? If that's what you want Two, go on an upward trajectory, like as long as you're progressing throughout your life, you are good to go. And the last thing is to, is to make sure that you're giving back and, and giving somebody else the same, you know, a different exposure. If you're able to give that different exposure to somebody else so they can climb on your shoulders, making you obsolete, you got it. You've done it. You, you, you're obsolete, but somebody's standing on your shoulders. And the reason why they can ask bigger questions is because they're standing on you. So, in a good way. So just make sure if I could define success that way, that's how I define success. You guys are mm-hmm. able to step on my shoulders and you're able to ask bigger questions, which makes me obsolete. I wouldn't even thought of those questions because I'm, I'm not where I am. You guys are where I want to be. So that is to me, the definition of success. Those three things, y'all get on my shoulders. Y'all look beyond the horizon and start saying, wait, I didn't see that that way. What about this? Bingo. That's beautiful. I think mine would be, it's a simple one, but I think mine would be the definition of success is to be able to make my 
my mom proud, my current family, and my future family proud throughout all of time. I think that would be it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that can get you there. So that's why I say definition of success is not absolute in what you do. Yep. You just went to two people and they got completely different answers. I love it. Both right. So cool. With that being said, we good. So bye, Sterles. Take us home, please. All righty. Now we're going to be transitioning to um, cruise news. We haven't had cruise news in a bit because, you know, with the holidays, the weeks being off, so on and so forth. But we're back. So once we come back from our transition statement from uh, with Cadet Rickafort, we'll be coming back with cruise news. Thanks for tuning in on the show today. Hang tight while we transition into our next segment. Hello, everybody. We're back with Cruise News. Again, we haven't had this in a while, so I'm pretty excited. Itching to talk wait, to you guys about some wait. things I found online. Wait, 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 wait. Before you do this, hold on. Can I, let me borrow this for a second. Canalis, <laughs> can you hear me? Can, can you hear me? I know he's not here, but I know he's he's like the God guy. I'm going to pray to him for a second. Canalis, <laughs> if you can hear me, Canalis is our editor, for those who don't know this. Uh, I've been working hard over a hot stove to get Cruise News some music. So if you could please please throw that cruise news music on the on the cast i'm gonna give you a countdown five four three two one hit it all right you got it our very first segment of this cruise news is actually about the air force academy so an air force academy cadet pleaded guilty to using magic mushrooms so that already in itself was pretty like shocking to me i mean i think when you think air force academy you always think prestige of the prestige which they are you know hence why they're the air force academy but that stuff like this still happens over there right so i'm gonna keep the the name a little bit on the download right but this cadet faced a special court martial where he was given a reprimand for violating of course military laws and agreed to leave the academy in an unpaid unpaid status pending a decision on disenrollment but i kind of wanted to gauge your guys's opinions on just that first initial statement everybody on on the virtual land what are your thoughts what 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 power did the mushrooms grant I really can't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, look, look, I'm from the 80s. So any mushroom that I saw popping out of boxes, all right, I saw, <laughs> look, <laughs> look, there was some there was some coolness going on over there, but I can't say the same about this. So I was just asking what the power was. What, what was the power up? Did you did you grow in size? Did you, were you able to break bricks? I mean, what, what are we doing? What was the point? I think you just got to see cool rainbow dragons. Yeah, so I mean, this magic mushroom is almost close to marijuana in a way. It's called psilocybin, and it does cause you to kind of have some hallucinations, um, not be able to really recognize your true reality, that, those type of things, right? Uh, but not necessarily just like marijuana. So the, that's all I found out when it came to that mushroom. Um, but when it came to his actual sentencing, of course, it was a special court martial. Um, but a lot of people were like, oh, his only punishment was really the reprimand that he got from the Air Force Academy, but. At the end, he still got a plea deal because not only did he have that, but he also had a wrongful use of cocaine, as well as two, uh, <laughs> two oh. specifications of false official statements. Uh, and so everybody's like, again, he had a plea deal, but this federal conviction is going to follow him everywhere, which is pretty drastic, right? I mean, it's going to be in your record. Um, so anything else having to do with military, I don't know if he's going to get a second chance. I have no idea. But yeah, that's pretty bad stuff. 
Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, everybody knows what the Air Force's and DOD's policy is about drug use. It's absolute zero. We do not have the time or the bandwidth to handle anything of that sort. So, in uh, Air Force is pretty strict about that. So let's not let's not get it twisted, okay? We know the deal when we, we go through these transition processes. We're briefed over and over and over again. Good grief, all right? So, but people manage to do it for whatever reason, right? And I'm not there to judge them. We're not there to judge them, right? But you guys need to have the education to know that they, the Air Force does not play around with this stuff. You guys got to keep it, keep it straight. So even though whatever effects of that mushroom was, whether he got gigantism, <laughs> uh, uh, breaking bricks, uh, 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 running super high, okay, or, or just hallucinating, that, that court-martial, that court-martial was real. I don't, I don't know. I don't care what you take. <laughs> I don't care what you take it, all right, to make you try to make that disappear. It's not happening, all right? Also, I, I don't know if I said this, but guys, feel free to unmute yourself because we want this to be an actual, you know, good conversation, good discussion while I'm talking. Don't be afraid to, like, cut me off. I'm here for you guys' opinions. But, yeah, so, I mean, if you guys don't know, there's only 10 states currently that do not allow marijuana slash, like, drug use, which is Indiana, Wisconsin, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Idaho, Wyoming, Nebraska, Kansas, and Texas. So, I mean, if you think about all the other 40 states, that's pretty big, right, that people are allowing or states are allowing these type of things. Um, but this this actually brings us back to a different topic, right? Well, the military has zero tolerance for, you know, all these type of drugs like ecstasy, heroin, et cetera, et cetera. Recruits in some service branches have received waivers for a lot of these things, and it's growing in popularity. So the Air Force only anticipated 50 cases this year, uh, you know, through their this new pilot program where they're actually able to give people um, waivers when they tested positive uh, for THC. And... They actually ended up granting 156 or 165 waivers in comparison to only the 50 that they anticipated this year. So my question to you guys is, is the DOD ready for the drug legal legalized? Like with all these things changing, does it have to be a culture change? Like what are you guys' thoughts? No, I don't know. I don't think so at all. I don't know. I, my opinion might be jaded, but I think that the military will never be a place for drug use, even if it is legal in every state, right? Because then it, then it would be federally legal and, and we do fall underneath the federal government. But I think due to the nature of military operations and, and what we're responsible for, I really don't ever think it's it's going to be a, okay, you guys can use it thing. I think having waivers for, you know, because it is, to your point, because it is such a, a cultural, I don't want to say statement, but because it is something that's relevant in, in today's society, um, and especially, you know, taking people from high school um, who've probably been exposed to these things, granting waivers for, you know, a, a one-time slip-up, I think is okay. And I think the military will kind of get and stay to that point. And I think that's a good a good place to draw the line because, hey, if you, you know, it's hard to quit. If it's something you did before, you know, okay, we, we, can, we can address that, give you a real stern talking to, um, but allow you to stay in the force as long as you're you know, being helpful and being productive. But I don't ever think it'll come to a point where it's something that we just straight up allow, again, due to what we're responsible for uh, and, and what we are responsible to the American people for. We have to have a higher moral standard. And if that means that you don't get to take any sort of drug, whether it be THC or anything else, um, I don't think it'll be allowed. That's just my thoughts, though. I, I, but I don't know. I, I think I think a lot of things have changed, you know, for better or for worse recently. So we'll just have to see. But that's that's my thoughts. 
you know, there was a time when uh, that was before these rules dropped, right? And usually, I think it was about, uh, at least when I, my T.I. was telling me, it might be before this, but, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, around the Vietnam era when, you know, it, it, the laws hadn't dropped yet. So uh, everything was everything. But uh, literally, they experienced a, you know, planes that are, you know, you know malfunctioning and, and crashing and left and right and everything. Well, nowadays, you know, you guys know what happens when a plane crashes, right? What's the first thing they do right after? You guys know? Interview everyone. The maintainers, go check those maintenance logs. Yeah, that too. And then what about the people? Drug test. Yeah, there you go. That's the first <laughs> thing they do. There's, oh, there's a reason why, there's a reason why that happens, all right? So... Uh, because back then when all these planes were crashing and everything else like that, they drug tested everybody and saw, and saw a lot of different, you know, THC type products. So as a, as a result, they, they, you know, they dropped the DOD laws and say, Hey, no, y'all, we can't do this. So we've been like that ever since and, and combating. So some of those things like that, but this is a little background story on, on why these things are actually happening. So, uh, will, will we let up on that? Ugh. It's like Cadet Walbro said, man, that's debatable, right? I don't think people are ready to. Uh, let that happen like civilians you can do that all day long you're good but high, higher standard that's like asking a cop if you, you want to offer them some weed and they're not undercover or whatever so yeah. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. i was like eh, we're supposed to be a higher standard so i, I agree yeah, air, air force we can't even get over over beards right now so i think <laughs> no kidding, man. We can't even get kinds of substances. that's a that's a different <laughs> ball game you know we're yeah. we're still in the what what a pop warner that's like mlb right there. <laughs> yeah we just got parts in our head like, but in order for that to change like it's not something because a lot of different branches they can change their own and regulations they can change like some of their different policies but when it comes to like a topic like that that's a ucmj regulated thing and that means that that's an even bigger scale and i don't think it happens anytime soon i think it has a potential to happen for marijuana but that's it yeah, that's pretty yeah, much like, it. Sidebar, this reminds me of the movie. I don't know if you guys ever saw it called Flight. Uh, it was made like in tw uh, 2012, but it was uh, um, that one pilot that drank <laughs> like heavily and ended up flying like a plane upside down type of deal. But I'm um, like, yeah, they're like that with, you know, with alcohol. And I don't imagine it being like easier with drugs, you know, <laughs> that's my thought. Denzel, Denzel was, he was a little crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. a little out of hand. You ever watch that one, Cam Sledge? Yeah, I've seen that one. That's why they have a 12-hour bottle to throttle lease in the Air Force. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a thing. Something like, something like that. No, it's a thing. They'll tell you. But <laughs> in the civilian world, I'm not sure. I think it might be eight hours, but it's I can't eight hours. Yeah, yes, sir, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, the Air Force, 12 hours, bottle to throttle. They'll tell you real quick. <laughs> so, well, yeah, there's that. Now to transition us to actually a whole different topic, and you know this is not about drugs or alcohol. This is actually about a new program that started off, and it's actually called Ask an M MTI. So this program is actually to help you know recruitees talk with their MTIs prior to actually shipping out, and ho in hopes of getting them you know their questions answered, having more of the interpersonal relationship. Um, but from what I've heard, it's been a success, right? Um, they can ask them questions about what lies ahead of them, ranging from what food is served and how can they prepare physically uh, before shipping out. And again, this was um, started out in 2021. 
as like a gr grassroots efforts. But within the last few months, it's grown to all 25 recruiting squadrons across the country. So that's huge. And in regards to like the actual process itself, the video call uh, begins with a 30 minute window where recruiters can be briefed on the latest updates, changes to boot camp, et cetera. And then the recruits join the call for an hour to ask questions about what basic military training is and what's in store for them. And the calls take place 25 times per quarter, once for each enlisted recruiting squadron. And on average, roughly five recruits join for each call. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, right? But again, the feedback that it's gotten, it's honestly really, really positive. Um, so oh, they're hoping that they can continue on this pilot program. Um, but what are you guys' thoughts on that? This new, you know, these new things that the Air Force is trying to do in order to have their people feel more prepared and more listened to, actually. Ah, oh, man. Okay, okay. Couple things come to mind when I see this, okay? First of all, I think of calling Miss Cleo. You guys remember the Miss Cleo where you had to, you weren't sure about your your future, you, you know, you call 1-800 or whatever. And you guys, you guys ever heard that? You guys know what I'm talking about? Or am I dating I'm myself? I'm that, sir. You guys know what I'm talking about? Am I, oh, am I dating myself, London? You know what I'm Look, talking about. I know, I know what you're talking about. So you're calling me now for your bumblecock <laughs> reading. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, you guys got to look that up. Uh, that Dudek, I know you're here. Take a note. Have everybody look up Miss Cleo. And you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like a helpline. It's like a psychic helpline. Okay, that's what I first thought when I oh hey, got that. Bomba clot. Yes. <laughs> okay. Second, what are the questions that are being asked? Like, you know, because for me, I'm gonna tell you what questions I'm gonna ask. Okay, what what are you gonna call me when I don't do something right? What 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 words are you gonna use to hurt my feelings? Okay, because I need to know that now so I can create a mental resiliency. And, and, and although I'm only 170 pounds, when you call me a fat, fatty McFat, then, then, I'm, <laughs> then, then, I'm, then I'm okay, right? Because I, I need to know what's coming, okay? Because I'm not worried about doing no push-ups. I'm, I'm worried about getting my feelings hurt. So those are the questions that I am asking, all right, to these TIs who are trying to open up. So I, I, I got some mental resiliency, and I go, don't go in the chow hall crying. That's, what I'm, that's, how, that's what's on my mind right now when it comes to that. I think, yeah, I think Captain Sledge brings up a really good point. I think that it's a really good idea, but to a point, right? Um, obviously, if it's just questions like, hey, what food can I expect to eat? Or what things should I bring? Um, like, that's okay. Like, those are things that are, are going to prepare you to go. But once we cross over the line of, like, things that you're actually going to experience, um, I think it ruins the whole point of, of boot camp, right? Because it's supposed to be hard. And it's supposed to be mentally straining and that's for a reason right it's going to instill the discipline it's going to build resilience and, and if you if you know those things going in then i don't think there's any point of having boot camp anymore because you're going to lose the the attributes that they're trying to instill in you right and yeah it sucks that we have to get yelled at and and all those all those things that evidently make the experience less enjoyable but it's it's the byproduct of those experiences that are the reason boot camp exists so I think it's a great idea, um, but I think there, there has to be a clear definition of where the line's drawn. And personally, I think anything relating to execution, uh, anything relating to how it's actually going to go um, outside of big picture stuff, like what can I prepare for in my PFA? Like what's PT going to work out? What's, what's PT going to look like so that I can, you know, adjust my workouts accordingly? I think that those questions are okay, um, but I think there's definitely a line because if we, if we kind of, you know, if we can tell them everything, then... There's no point because the the whole objective is compromised. Hurt my feelings. <laughs> so so hold on. So so 
excuse me, Mr. Sergeant, sir, person, sir. Okay. So when I'm going into the, into the chow hall and I, I do column of files and I, I go the wrong way, uh, what can you expect? What can I expect to hear? And, and what <laughs> tone am I expecting to hear it? So that, you know, I'm in a safe, <laughs> so I'm in a safe space in my mind. <laughs> But honestly, so like I, I don't I don't think you should be like allowed to ask those questions because again, <laughs> I think I think we somewhat lose the point of why they're there. You know what I mean? But sir, I'm a, I'm a from a I'm from a different generation. I I I I, <laughs> I do what is that? I do Discord on, on in late nights and uh I I don't have a lot of human interaction. So just looking at you in that intimidating hat, I just I just want to make sure I'm in my safe space and make sure no, I can not allowed. Everything. Not allowed. <laughs> we just got online. We got a, a person to join online, Alexander Lennon, from our most recent interview. He was probably the last person to go to BMT. So I wonder what he's thinking. <laughs> what, what would you ask? Probably, probably about what, what would you ask your TI? Man. What would you ask your TI, given that you went to BMT, probably in the you know the prime areas? What would you ask him? I, I'm, I don't uh, even know. I'm, like, tech, I'm, a... I'm Technical Sergeant Smith. I'm going to be your TI. Um, <laughs> Yo, is there any and is there any questions? You look pretty diesel. Is there any questions you got for me right now? <laughs> I'd be like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm gonna keep my head down. Do what you tell me to do and go through. Yeah, like <laughs> good answer, good answer. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm good, good man. Good man. You don't have any questions. Good. We'll see you on the other side. Right. I'm gonna keep I'm on, on the man. Yeah. I'm on the do only as much as needed to get the job done train. Like EMT and basic training has been getting done for how many years? Hundreds of years without it. I, it's just another seventy six. Another bell. Yeah, it's just another more bells and whistles on top. Yeah. How many get out yeah. of jail free cards do I get? <laughs> you get a whole deck. Time out cards do I get? <laughs> they, get yeah, I mean... they get. They give you a deck of cards when you walk in the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just different things you can use for when you're in trouble. You got a yellow card. You got a crying card. No, you can push ups. Hey. You know what well, they got? They got skip card. So like somebody tries to you know you know do open ranks inspection. Ti gets on you. You just pull out that Uno skip card. Skip yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there because I'll be oh right. don't give me a deck of Uno cards. I'll reverse it right back. You get inspected <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. So with that, look, okay. Looks like look look looks like uh, okay. We got a little. I think we got enough time for one more. Okay, okay, Trio, go, 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 go. All right, the last one is pretty serious, right? Um, so this is about a two-star Air Force general, which faces an Article 32 hearing on multiple things, right? And just right. to give you a little bit of background on this man, uh, he is Major General Philip Stewart, right? Yeah. He commissioned in 1992, uh, graduating from Georgia Institute of Technology. And he served as an instructor and evaluator pilot in multiple aircraft, arranging like he holds a lot of ranges between uh, command pilot with more almost 3,000 flying hours, um, which also has over 600 hours of combat time in over 168 combat missions. Right, he has overseen so many personnel in the 19th Air Force. Like again, this guy has done a lot of stuff, right? But now he's facing this hearing of multiple things that he's done. And let me give you the list because the list is pretty heavy, right? Oh boy. So. <laughs> For Article 92, he's accused of failing to refrain from pursuing an unprofessional relationship between March 6th and May 9th of this year. And additionally, he also failed to uh, refrain from consuming control of the aircraft after consuming alcohol within 12 hours prior to takeoff. 
Second, Article 120, he's alleged to have committed sexual intercourse on a person near um, Altus Air Force Base in Oklahoma around April 13th and April 14th without her consent. Article 133, conduct on becoming an officer, uh, where he, it is claimed that while on official travel, he wrongfully invited an individual to spend a night alone with him in his private hotel room. And Article 134, on having again sexual conduct with somebody that is not his spouse so that's everything that he you know has on this charge sheet right now but they're going to be hearing um, having his article 31 hearing and whether he will be tried um for court martial but what are you guys' thoughts like this is a guy of high caliber and now he has all these charges underneath him like what does the world think okay first and foremost uh, before we drop this out that's the thing we don't know we don't know right all this is alleged this ain't dropped yet you know the findings ain't out there i mean this is what he's charged with um and and it's just it's a long it's a laundry list and it's that's a, that's some scary stuff right Re regardless if, if it happened or not or if it's just allegations right now it's just allegations you got to let the investigation happen um so we, we 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 will come from that point of view we will come from that angle um you know you this this place is this this country is you know the judicial system is innocent until proven guilty, proven guilty. Yep. So uh, that's how we're going to roll with it. And that's how we're going to roll with it. But the laundry list, given that this is if this is a thing, if this truly happened and it's substantiated with evidence, phew, man, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough one because well, obviously we know what the Air Force is and the DOD's tolerance is. We know it's zero. We all know it. We again, same thing with the magic mushrooms. We get, you know, briefed over and over and over again. But and, and for those who wear the same uniform as anybody, with these issues it's like colonel young says you should be disgusted you should be upset that they wear the same uniform you wear because we're hold we're held to a higher caliber and we cannot be caught in, in condoning this kind of behavior or are facilitating it or or doing it so if this is a thing then there's going to be heck to pay like it, it there's a there's a hefty price and there's that, that's just a ripple effect that's that ripples across the ranks that ripples everywhere so the air force is going to have to send a message uh dod is going to have to send a message about it as general officers because if we send the wrong one then it's not going to work so man th thoughts go to everybody who's impacted by this it's it's, it's just one of those heavy ones everybody suffers it's not just this person everybody in that per in that in that space has got to go through a process and it's and it's rough mm -hmm. I agree. I just think I relate this back to like the Air Force is not perfect, right? Because it's basically like the real world in its own little separate sector, right? And there's going to be good people and bad people. So like I would say my advice is just stay cautious, cautious, stay vigilant, um, be a good officer, but even be a better person. Because I feel like there's some people, I mean, this is just Fernando talking, there's some people that shouldn't be officers, right? Because they're not that good of, of a person. So whenever we're going, you know, those cadre members, whatever, going through AFRTC, like making sure that you are really seeing these people and who they truly are, because again, they can have a, a very nice face, right? Of like, I'm going to be a great officer, but how are they truly on the inside? Because you never know. And you don't want these type of things to keep on happening. Yeah. Five stars. Can I, can I say something real quick? Yeah, for sure. Um, Two-star general, how many, how many years do you think they, they've probably been in? Two-star. Give me a, give me a guess. Oh, yeah. Give me a guess. Yeah. I would say that's that's fair, right? You have twenty for full burn colonel, and then you got the stars. So, what I'm what I'm getting at is 30, 35, Let's let's go to that wall, bro. Thirty five years, somebody knew. 
31 years. 30, sir. Yeah, 30? 31. I, 30. I just did the math. 31. Okay. Okay. Somebody knew. Somebody knew. So we're, it, it, it kind of reflects on what you said, Ballesteros, that not all people should be officers. Where do we find that information out? Probably in the commissioning source, right? Somebody knew. Somebody knew something. Um, and, and it just, it, it hides. But eventually it does come out if this is a thing. And I'm not just talking about this individual. I'm talking about a multitude of individuals, whether you racist, sexist, you know, whatever the case may be, somebody knows. Somebody knows there's no way you can't hide that. So from everybody. So what I'm saying is it just caught up. You know, some of these actions are a little suspicious and, and it's time to, you know, it's time to put them up to the fire. That's all it is. 100%. Mm -hmm. okay. cool. Well, guys, we're running a short now. Dudek is making us go, 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 which is good. Mm -hmm. So coming up next, after we come back, we'll be Pat Stevens for a segment of Q&A from the GMCAs. So we'll be right back, guys. You were listening to Hypercast. Here comes the next segment. Alrighty, y'all. We are back with Ted Stevens. As we have said, he's going to have a segment of Q&As from the GMCA. So, Ted Stevens, it's your time now. All right. Um, good afternoon or morning or evening, y'all. Um, this is Ted Stevens, your vice GMCA, filling in for Cadet Arroyo, your full GMCA. Um, hope y'all have had a wonderful Veterans Day. Um, Basically, you know, we as your GMCAs, we're always, you know, keeping our ears to the ground, always trying to look out for you guys and always trying to see what knowledge that we can get, you know, from our POC and from our cadre to see what, how we can make, you know, your lives easier. You know, this is, this is, as Captain Sledge says, this is your program and we want to do whatever we can to, to make your lives easier. So we've just got a couple questions that we're going to ask on behalf of you guys to our POC, to our cadre and, you know, see what kind of knowledge that we can, guys can get for you. Um, so really our first question, and again, anyone is free to answer, please. I, I'm open to any answers from, from all of you. Um, kind of generally for our cadets who are not really sure where they want to go in the Air Force or how they want to proceed, um, who could I talk to or what could I do if I'm not sure what kind of AFSC I want to pursue? What kind of resources are there out there for me? Oh, man. That's a really good question. I like that question. And Captain Sledge, he has the AFDOC and all the cadre have the AFDOC, which is a really cool list of all the jobs, all the Air Force officer jobs in the Air Force. So I, I mean, especially for people coming in that aren't dead set on something, it's hard to understand outside of the big ones that we're consistently exposed to, right? Like everyone knows that Air Force has pilots and that's great. And that's cool if you want to be a pilot, but not everyone does. And you know, sometimes they'll hear about maybe security forces or intel because those are big jobs or missileers because that's what our cadre is. Um, but they'll forget about things like aerospace physiology or maintenance officers. Um, so first place to go, the AFDOC. Look at it, give it a read, find something that sparks your eye a little bit, right? That you're like, hey, that's kind of cool. And I have the qualifications for that, right? That's another big thing that I'll tell you is because, hey, if you want to go be a developmental engineer, but you're in poli-sci, you, you can't do that. And sometimes people don't understand that, right? And even certain jobs like PA, they're not locked, but they have a preference. And so you can see what you're pursuing right now and how that qualifies. And then from with that information, uh, you can go ahead and research a little bit, find out, ask people that, that have experience with it. Ask our cadre. I'm sure they know somebody or they can find somebody that you can email who's in that job or call or even, hey, if they're here at Nellis, go and 
maybe shadow for you. Um, and especially the, the real big thing is that when we have people come to our detachment and ask them the questions, right? If they're closely related to the job that you're interested in, if you really just don't know what you want to do, talk to all the jobs you can. Ask all the questions um, because evidently they're going to share experiences, good and bad, and make sure you get the bad side too um, that are going to help you determine what you want to do. Uh, again, based on you know the degree that you're pursuing, the requirements that you have or have not met, um, and where where you want to go with your life, because there's a lot of things to do in the Air Force, um, and obviously you're going to spend at least four years uh, doing what you're about to do. So, asking those questions, finding those resources is is really important, and also just ask the POC because I'm I guarantee you a lot of the POC, a lot of the upperclassmen, hey, even your 200s have probably very recently went through the same struggle of trying to figure out what job they want. Um, and so they, they'll be able to shed some more light on how they did that, what they may be found, um, and things of that nature. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. I know Cadet Bystairs has had her hand up for a while, so let's go to her if you have an answer. Yeah, um, I would say, again, like, attend those devil hours because, I mean, all this whole semester, we've had so many people of different AFSCs come. And I think a lot of your questions will be answered then. Um, Cadet Bella did his D-Day as well, where there was different NCOs of different AFSCs that also came to campus. So whenever the detachment is having, you know, these sort of events, truly, really, like, take the time to actually go to them, right? Because, you know, people are thinking on you guys. What do you guys want to do, right? And giving you guys that exposure that, you know, having that one-on-one -on -one FaceTime is really going to bring rather than, you know, you reading it from Google or YouTubing it, whatever the case is. But I know... Really, really soon we're going to have an AFC day, uh, truly 14 or 15. Um, anybody correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, but like truly like go to those. I know LLAB is going to be mandatory, right? But like don't come with just like, oh, I'm going to ask like whatever questions come up then. Like no, have your own list of questions, right? Like really think about these type of things because these opportunities are pretty priceless. It does impact your career. So my answer. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, there's so much... Um... Like you you mentioned, uh, Kenneth Abella has been just a, you know, an absolute just amazing with all the the people that he's been bringing out to Devo Hour, all the people that he's bringing bringing out for uh, for D Day. Um, there's a lot of resources and a lot of mentorship that is available to us all, um, and it's just it's up to us to kind of reach out and, and grab that and find what we want. Yeah, um, and. And the other thing too, is like, when you go to talk to these people, like you don't have to have specific questions about their job. Like it is totally okay for you guys to walk up to someone in a career field that you have no idea what they do and just ask, Hey, what do you do? Like, what does your day look like? Do you enjoy your job? The goods, the bads, like you can start from ground zero and I'm sure they'd love to explain it. So don't feel like you have to have an educated or advanced question to ask them. Like you can simply go up and just say, Hey, what do you do? Do you enjoy it? Like Give me your pros and cons because I promise you they will. And that's going to help you form an educated guess from the source about whether that career is right for you. All right, perfect. Um, moving on to our next question. Um, now, all of the POC here, you know, 300s, 400s, you guys all either you know, have a desired AFSC or you guys already have selected AFSCs. Um, so our next question is, how does the AFSC that you have gotten selected for, or how does the AFSC you want relate to or doesn't relate to your major, uh, the major that you have, you know, in college? Um, how important is that to the to the job that you um, that you want that you're pursuing in the Air Force? 
You got a recent LT up in here. Let's ask that guy. LT London, what you, what you got? Yeah, so I would, I think I kind of hit on this um, during the interview as well. Um, I would say, so for, as far as like for my background, um, my background was in international business. And right now I'm uh, currently working on my MBA as well. Um, and then I was uh, selected for helicopter training. Um, so directly, I mean, it might not seem like it uh, directly relates, um, right? Because you're dealing with financials and um, things like that on one end, and then you have, you know, aviation on the other end. But one big thing that does relate is um, when dealing with businesses, it's a people business, right? Uh, you're dealing with people all day, every day. Um, and that relates to absolutely almost every single job that you'll come across. Um, so, I mean, I'll, you know, in the future, if I find myself as a commander or even right now, um, even though I've only been in for a short while on the active duty side um, as a LT, I mean, right now I still have uh, NCOs under me, um, airmen under me and things like that, that I need to make sure I'm doing my best to take care of them. Um, so a lot of a lot of the things that I learned um, in my business classes and uh, just managing people and how to manage them effectively and just be a good person around them and really mentor them, um, it all relates directly uh, to this career. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. I think, I think another thing to consider too, right, is that like if you're doing a, a specialty job, like a test pilot, right, you obviously need the, the, the STEM degree. However, comma, if you're doing, you know, if you're doing something like Intel, they have preferences for what you have for your degree. And obviously those preferences will help you, right? They're preferences for a reason. They don't landlock you. I will say the one thing that I think besides directly allowing you to get or not get a job, uh, or obviously in the future, uh, get into or not get into a special program, that uh, the one thing that really matters and that your major will help you define is your ability to manage tasks and work hard and work hard consistently. Um, I think obviously different degrees have varying levels of difficulty. Um, and what you'll learn from that experience, be it difficult or easy, um, you're going to subconsciously create ways to work, manage high workloads, um, or not manage high workloads. Um, so something that, that definitely is going to come as a, not a direct byproduct of your degree, but that will come from the degree that you choose is your ability to manage tasks, do work, work hard and have a really good work ethic. And also, you know, if you think about some of the, you know, the, the job that you want to go into, some of the technical training might indirectly relate to your degree. Like, for example, when I go to pilot training, the, the things that I've learned in the few classes that I've had, um, there's going to be some nuggets in there that I'm assuming will help me. Um, and same thing if you had another job, right? Like if you're doing PA, if you have a degree in public affairs or public relations, that that training for you, that tech school is going to be a lot easier than someone who had it in you know, a completely different major because the concepts are similar. Um, so that that's definitely something to look out for. I think the only thing I would add, and I would almost say play it as devil's advocate, right? Like for me, my major does relate to my AFSC because I'm going to be an engineer, right? So that correlates. So of course, do your research with whatever AFSC when I'm, you get into that, you're making sure you have the prereqs to actually get into that AFSC, right? Basically, I think I've heard many GMC be like, oh, I want to change my major to psychology because I'm going to have the best GPA. And, you know, I want it to be as ready as possible for the PSP board, right? And I think you guys are really thinking about it for like the right now mm -hmm. moment, not really the yes. future moments. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But also think about what do you want to do after 
the Air Force, because the Air Force is not going to be your entire life, right? Either you're going to do four years or five years or six years, whatever the case is. A lot of guys don't, or girls don't make it to 20 years. So you're going to have to be also civilian ready. So for example, if you're going to have a psychology degree, most people in that degree have to get a major, I mean, a major, a master's in order to be actually, you know, wanted in the civilian sector, right? So don't just think about the now, think about the future and post-military life, right? Because again, you can have something easy now that will help you, yes, but will not help you by the time that you get out. And for instance, that's why there's so many like veterans that do end up homeless, officers included, because they don't think about the life after the military. So my little nugget is just think about everything and get yourself civilian ready so that when you transition, it can be as easy as possible as well. Yeah, and, and again, like what happens if you fail your flight physical? What happens if you know, God forbid something bad happens to you and you get a bad injury in the first year of service. Like these are, these are real things that we oftentimes don't want to consider because they're, they're really dark things to consider and they suck to, to look at. But as Ballesteros said, it's super important to keep in mind because one day the military thing will end, whether it's exactly on schedule, like you wanted it to, uh, or it's a little early um, or really early there, you, you have to be ready uh, and you're already spending the time in college. Don't make yourself go back again right? Get a degree that you care about, that you can reasonably pursue a job in and enjoy a job in outside of the military. Uh, something that leaves you a strong backup um, because things do happen. Uh, and I think Valstairs really hit the nail on the head there. It's really important to consider. Yeah, those are some great points. Um, all right, moving on to our very last question. This is really focused towards our, you know, our IMT cadets. Um, you know, we were all 100s at some point. Um, <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> yeah. Some of us wasn't that long ago. Um, but uh, kind of what advice would you give to, you know, 100 cadets? Maybe looking back at, you know, when you were an IMT cadet, you know, IMT cadet Walbro, IMT cadet Biasteros. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give to yourself back then in your first semester of not just college, but of ROTC. Um, yeah. Who wants to go first? Well, I think I'll just, I'll talk mine more in um, this top, main topic that we have today. I had a really interesting first semester just because I had an engineering class conflict. So I didn't even go to LLAB. Um, so I actually had to show up more during PT and for like flight stuff, but I'll just bring my perspective in for the next topic that we have. Okay. Man, if I could go, okay. I think the biggest, the biggest thing, what, that I would tell my 100 self, like what's the biggest thing to look out for as a 100 to prepare yourself for the future? Is that the question, Stevens? I just want to make sure I'm, I'm answering the right question. Uh, yes, the general question, just um, any advice you would give to, you know, your 100 self, how would you yeah. find the balance of, of ROTC and just general life? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Work really, really hard. Work really, really hard and, and have fun while you're doing it, right? ROTC demands a lot, especially if, if you're trying to go for a, you know, AFC that they don't just hand out like candy. Uh, and plus for you yourself, you know, whoever you are trying to become an officer, the, the, and I really can't state this enough, what you put in now and the quality of work you do now and how much you care and the energy you put in now to learn things is, is huge. 
Because when you get in the Air Force, you're in the Air Force and you're absolutely going to learn and you will absolutely grow. Um, but if you're if you're working for it now and you're you're respecting that future now, you're going to be that much that much more prepared for that step. And you're going to be ready and, and excited for it instead of, oh my God, this is so much to learn and manage and figure out because you didn't give yourself the diligence to do it now. Um, so A, work really hard, but have fun while you're doing it, right? Every, every day, you know, you're putting in your best, you're doing your best, you're working your butt off because you want to be a great officer and you want to be a great officer for the people around you, for the people that you're going to serve. You know, and, and for the, the wingman that you have in your flight, right? You want to be someone they can rely on. You want to be a, a helpful individual. Have fun doing it, right? You guys, the GMCers are great. They seem stressful. They are stressful. They obviously have their pros and cons compared to the POC ones. But you guys, it's a really fun time. And you have your flight and you have your team and you show up to LAB and you show up to PT and you do some practices. Enjoy that stuff. It's fun. Look at it that way and you will enjoy going to it so much more. Because I promise you, there's not a day that goes by that me and my POC friends don't laugh about what we did 100 year or 200 year because we had fun doing it. So make it enjoyable. And that's going to make you that much more dedicated to it. And also really, really, really work on time management and being able to prioritize your academics or your physical fitness. And I know we say it all the time, but right now you guys have the most available free time. And every year that time's going to get cut away whether it be more responsibilities, harder classes, it's going to slowly drop. And so you need to be able right now to understand what your workflow looks like uh, and, and be able to adjust that and cut things out, right? Maybe, maybe right now you're, you're doing everything you need to do and that's great. Uh, and you're able to have that three hours a week to play your favorite video game. Okay, next semester, it's going to be two. After that, it's probably going to be none so on and so forth. So you're going to have things that you're going to have to cut from uh, and being able to accept that now and come up with a really good schedule and plan for yourself now is going to make you that much more uh, effective and prepared, most importantly, for what's to come. Because don't forget, like the whole way through, you have to have a good GPA. You have to have a good PFA and, and Colonel's expectations, right? It gets, it's an 85 for GMC. It goes up to a 90 for POC, like things get harder. Um, so you know, do realize now that you're in a position where things are the easiest. And I, I mean that in a, in a very respectful way, you, you guys are evidently going to have to, are working hard and doing great things, but it's only going to get more challenging. And so you need to have a really solid base block. And then, cause next semester, you're going to add another block on and that block has to be really solid. Another one and another one, um, all the way up until you retire, right? It doesn't stop now. Uh, so that's probably the biggest tips that I would give. Yeah, those are some great points. Um, just one last thing, and then we'll uh, kind of move on to our next topic. Um, I, during our interview earlier, I think it was Lieutenant Mitchell or Lieutenant London. I think it was Lieutenant Mitchell that said this. Um, it The things that you do, and as you progress, not just through ROTC, but even into you know the Air Force, um, it doesn't get easier. Uh, going from a 100 to a 200, um, and though obviously I'm not at that stage yet, uh, going from a 200 to 300 and a 300 to 400, um, it doesn't get easier. It gets harder, but you get better at managing it. It becomes easier mm -hmm. to manage. Um, so to any, you know, 100 who's struggling with, you know, finding that balance to 
to figuring out, you know, managing this, this program and your life and all the responsibilities that come with that. Um, you know, it's important to remember that, you know, we've all been there. It's, it's, it's hard. Um, and we do understand how that it's not a, an easy transition the entire time. And it's important to remember that even though it is hard now, and yes, the stuff that you will be doing will be harder, but you're gonna get better at managing it. You're gonna get better at what you actually do. So that's important to just keep in mind as you progress through, as you, you know, graduate from becoming a 100 to a 200 and so on and so forth. Um, uh, that's all the questions that we have from our GMC cadets. Thank you to, for all of your, your valuable answers to your, your knowledge. Um, I believe next is going to be our main topic led by Cadet Ballesteros. Yeah, so we're going to be transitioning to, again, a little transition segment. But coming back, we will be talking about our main topic about AFRTC entry eligibility and retainability requirements. So I know this might this is going to be give a big statement for our GMC cadets. So we're going to end it here and come back later. Peace. You're listening to Hypercast. We're here to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain. Here comes our next segment for today. Alrighty, guys, we are back to our main topic. So this is going to be again on AFRTC entry eligibility and retainability requirements. So Cadet Wildball, you will be the one leading this topic. Nice. All right. So obviously uh, with the downward spin of the fall semester uh, being evident and obviously a lot of new 150s and people looking forward toward joining us next fall, uh, a hot topic to ask and a, and a great question to ask is, well, what do I need to be eligible uh, and really get started and, and spun up in the program. So we're going to go ahead and ask some of these questions. Right off the bat, I do want to say that this is totally an interactive thing. So if you guys have comments, if you guys want to input points, because a lot of this is going to be talking points of personal experience, um, please feel free to chime in. Uh, and if you guys have some funny stories, I'd love to hear them. But without further ado, uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is eligibility. So what do you actually need to be eligible to join the ROTC program? So honestly, it doesn't take much to get in the program, right? You, you really don't need to do much besides fill out the, the WINGS thing on, on the WINGS website, fill out that application, and then you'll come to the original, you know, whatever you want to call it, in-doc, you'll do your paperwork, you'll do your processing. And a lot of the things that will um, prevent you from continuing in the program will be sorted out there, but there's really not much. Captain Sledge, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe big things being, you know, any any major crimes, drug usage, um, or not being from a, a United States citizen. Uh, but with the exception of those things, there's really not much starting you from entering the program. Am I correct, team? Yeah, being uh, convicted of robbing a bank. Yeah, that, that'll stop you real quick. So yeah. uh, obviously we're looking for people of character, okay? Yep. Um, my One of my mentors said it said it best that we chase people of character, right? That's, that's how we do it, not the other way around, right? So mm -hmm. um, the point is you, you, you come in with a good attitude, you know how to present yourself, you know, you, you want something, you know what you want, you, you don't know quite what you want, but you know that it's here and you're willing to do the things. It's attitude, a lot of it is attitude. Uh, of course, there's their milestones uh, and, and other areas. <clears throat> the biggest thing you wanna do is hit up that, 
UNLV Air Force ROTC website, or if you're not interested in UNLV, you can hit up the Air Force ROTC website in general, and all the general requirements are right there. That's where it starts. Now, you all cadets, you guys know the, the things between the lines, and that's what I want you guys to harp on, those things between the lines that, that are beat, that, that in between those crevices of, yeah, you need to be a U.S. citizen, uh, and, you know, yeah, you can be, you know, of a, a different country if blank. You guys know that information, so I, I want you guys to really harp on, man, I didn't know that. I wish I knew that, right, so that we can get these 150s and everybody else, these 250s spun up pretty doggone quickly. But, yes, you're 100% correct. Awesome, yeah. So on that note, does anybody have any interesting stories about them actually being eligible to join the program, um, whether it be nationality or past? If not, we'll press along. But I'm curious if you guys have any insight on anything. Um, I would say like my biggest topic is like, yes, there's like the AFR to see main requirements and whatever that you do on wings, but also think about how every single detachment has a different detachment commander and all of them have different entrance requirements as well. Like I'm just going to bring it back to debt for history, right? Uh, Colonel Jewell, if you did not pass your orientation at PFA, he did not let you in the program. And then we got, you know, Colonel Williams who said, yeah, you guys are able to be in the program. You just have to be ready for PSP. And, um, Colonel uh, Young has followed that um that system as well it's just a little bit early where he cuts it off right but really if you can do some research on your tactic commanders because some of their requirements will be different because i mean it's up to their discretion um and that just brings it back to prepare prior to actually you know getting ready for college you know get that fitness up because most of the time that's someone that's a little bit more you know heavily debated right um and I would say also just really look at your class schedule. Like I'm going to bring it back to what I said about having a class con uh, conflict. Um, so that this is when I was talking with Colonel Williams, our previous attachment commander. And he let me have a pass for LAP, right? But only because I did JRTC for four years. So he gave me that exemption, um, but while still giving me the LAP credit. So really, if you can communicate with those detachment commanders, some because some are actually willing to have those exceptions for you, but only if you have something to give, I guess that, that makes sense. Um, because again, everybody has different situations. You just have to communicate that up. Yeah, that's great insight. Thank you. Yeah, and so Thank on that note, sir, and, sir. yeah, what's up, Wade? <laughs> I don't know the point, but dang, four years of JROTC, that, that is a lot of ROTC for you. What is that, five years in total this year and then in high school, four? It's nine years yeah, of ROTC. Thank you for, nine, your, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> your service. Your extended service. Indeed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have a story about any like enrollment problems, but I do have a pretty funny one. Just me being me. So when I joined the program as a freshman, um, signing up, doing all the things online, orientation, and like my parents were uh, pushing me to get signed up early and get ahead of the game. So we were doing all that and we were ready to rock and roll. So we go on the UNLV page and talk to the college and uh, oh yeah, orientation. And I was still in the middle of high school. This was like probably December time, getting ready for spring semester. And they're like, sweet, let's go to orientation. So I go to orientation and then we go and we sit through all those briefs and all of that stuff. And then in the middle of the orientation, I went with my dad. And I wasn't going to enroll until the fall semester of college. And we were going to the spring semester orientation. And my dad stands up and asks, um, is this the orientation you need to be at if you are enrolling in the fall semester? And one of our previous cadres, Captain Carpenter, she was like, oh, no. So I, we were at the wrong orientation. 
because we just didn't get the right information, didn't read the stuff. We weren't fully prepared. And like, my dad was so upset. He's like, why didn't we look at this? Why didn't we ask? And he's in the middle of their orientation brief. He's like, let's go, get up. And he was just like infuriated. Yeah, so we got up and left in the middle of the orientation. And then I come back to the correct orientation next semester. And everybody is like, oh, it's this guy again. They went to the wrong orientation. And I just look like an absolute <laughs> bozo. It's pretty funny. Man, yeah. And that's, I think that leads into my next point pretty well. Things are going to happen. And guys, I promise there's going to be one or two things or even more when you guys are first going to orientation, trying to get eligible, attending the first two events that you're going to, you don't know. And you just, you don't know. And it's going to be a really awkward question because it feels so simple, but it's okay to ask. And you are 100% going to have that awkward moment. Uh, so don't feel like the world is crashing down. Your whole eval is going to go down the drain because you asked what color shirt you need to wear. Like, it's okay. You, you are, you're brand new and we're absolutely here to help. So don't be afraid or embarrassed by those simple questions or those easy questions. Uh, and when those things do happen, because evidently they will, uh, don't let your whole world crumple. Don't beat yourself up too hard about it because it's it's part of the game and it's it's going to happen naturally. I promise you'll bounce back in due time. So don't let it eat you alive. With that, uh, as Captain Slice said earlier, you guys will also be doing an interview uh, around your eligibility time. And that's, that's kind of the final along with your paperwork, go, no go decision. That is the test of, are you a good person? That is the test of character as Captain Sledge alluded to earlier. So when you walk in there, be there early, <laughs> early, early, not too early, get there early, right? Uh, hold yourself accountable and be a, a person of high moral character, display your best self. You can't really prepare for the interview in terms of questions. You don't know what they're going to ask you, uh, but just be you, right? And be the best version of you. Be, be true to who you are. They don't try to fake it because they'll see right through that. But show up there with a smile on your face, fire in your heart and desire to, to get going and get involved in what's going on. Um, and just present yourself in a, in a good light because that will be your interview. And I promise that'll stick with you uh, for quite a long time. And doing it well is super important. Uh, as far as going into the program, um, this is something that's a little definitely detachment specific, right? The way debt four does things is going to be completely different than the way debt, you know, whatever has done things. Um, so we're going to talk on the debt, support, debt four perspective here. Again, if anybody has some some notes, please chime in. Oh, but, yeah, I'm going to come oh, in. I'm going to come right up in here. Right. Yes, now. sir. Go ahead. <laughs> OK, I'm doing this on behalf of of. Sergeant Martin and Captain Sutton, okay? The recruiting officers and the personnelists, okay? You mentioned, yes, character. But before you even examine your character, you have a whole cadet wing, what we call the watchdogs, who are there to process your paperwork, okay? it This whole process, as you all know, is a four to five year interview, okay? The first step is walking in there on time when you signed up for it, okay, with the proper attire and the proper paperwork we mm -hmm. do not have time the cadet wing does not have time okay to walk you through some of these processes you have like you mentioned before cadet Walmart, you have to ask the questions if you're if you need to ask clarifying questions ask them because we will tell you to bring a your your original social security card or a certified copy of that social security card that doesn't mean go to a certified copier, a Xerox machine, and actually copy it and then bring it in as your certified copy, okay? So 
what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Just make sure you guys come in, pay attention to the detail before you walk in the building or you will be turned away. That will be one shot, one bullet already expended because you didn't come in properly prepared. We don't have time to, to do these things. It is an interview. So I definitely want, we're gonna, we're gonna you know, deep dive into it later, but I have to press and press upon that because Sergeant Martin and Captain Sutton and the cadre won't even see you. We won't even have this interview. If you cannot do those things that we will absolutely 100% lay out step by step, make sure you pay attention to the detail because this is what we're doing, okay? So mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the things, the paperwork, the appearance, the timeliness, then the interview, all right? And then we're going to talk about it a little bit more. We got a little bit more time. So uh, with that, I'll pass it back to uh, Cadet Byesters. I think she has something to say on it. Yeah, just back to since I was there for a lot of the in-processings uh, this past summer. But one of the things I also saw was sometimes the cadets were there with their parents, and it wasn't necessarily because they were underage and they weren't able to do some of the paperwork, but they were having a lot of their parents do a lot of the talking instead of the actual cadet. And that also kind of says a lot about you. I know some of us may be nervous or it's just a bit anxious, and I get it. It's a big, you know, a big first step in your ROTC career, but it says a lot to us if you're the one actually leading the conversation rather than your parents, right? Like you are the one trying to be an adult, trying to be an officer in the United States Air Force. Get yourself out of that comfort zone, right? It's going to demonstrate a lot more of you rather than us having to communicate with your parents for you. Mm-hmm, 100%. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into sort of firsts, right? The first week. Uh, some firsts, what you can kind of expect, and some tips and tricks. So the first first is getting into the program. If you have friends, ask them questions. If you don't, when you go to orientation, you'll get slack. Find friends there, right? Find people that you can ask questions to. Ask those questions. Don't be afraid to make connections so that you can get that information ahead of the game because that's super important for setting up for success. So let's talk about first PT session. First PT session, right? They're going to be really early in the morning. I know a lot of us, uh, especially first semester, we're not ready to wake up that early. We probably didn't because summer just happened. Like who's waking up at 6 a.m. in the summer? Uh, if you are, you're awesome. Great for you. But I know that wasn't a lot of us. That wasn't me. Um, so you're going to wake up early. You're going to go to your first PT. And odds are you're going to be super excited. It might be hard to sleep the night before, maybe due to nerves, maybe due to excitement. Uh, one way or another, typically that's a PFA. Because our detachment commander doesn't kick you out if you don't pass the first PFA, that's okay. Come there, do your best. Absolutely prepare for it beforehand and absolutely try to pass. But at the end of the day, it's not make or breaking you in the program. It's your first PFA. It's an evaluation of where you're starting at. So that a few weeks down the road when we take it again, we have somewhere to compare you with and assess your progress with. But please, please, please do practice for that mile and a half run, the minutes of sit-ups, the minute of push-ups, get ready for that. Come prepared. Try not to psych yourself out too hard. First L-Lab and more importantly, first pre-L-Lab. So it'll depend on the semester, whether or not we have a devo hour or something before L-Lab. Typically during the first one, we don't in order to mitigate confusion, uh, but that is absolutely something to look out for. And again, if you have the time and the bandwidth to attend those optional events, whether it be pre-LABs, post-LABs, or practices that are pertinent to you, go. Make yourself better. Make yourself the best you can for your team and for your people. And with that, bring your folks with you. Be that motivating light to take them along with you. 
um, so that you all can get better because it's really important. And I know these things seem simple and irrelevant, but they're they're more important than you could you could really think. And it's not going to be until it's too late that you realize that. First LAB, first LAB is always going to be fun. You're going to meet your flight. You're going to meet your flight commanders. You're going to meet the training staff. There's going to be, you know, a, a mild amount of intensity. It's going to be something completely new to you, most likely. Whether you did JROTC or not, it's going to be a new environment. And with that is going to come fun. And approaching it with the right mindset of I'm here to learn, to grow, to have a little bit of fun is going to help you. Whereas if you compare it with the mindset of, man, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm scared, I don't know who I'm going to meet, it's totally fine to be nervous. Don't let that consume you. Try to have fun. That first LAB is going to be a really good time. First AES, that's also going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be where you're meeting with your cadre instructor uh, and also you're probably one of your first college classes. So again, enjoy the experience. Enjoy the time. With that being said, we have run out of time. So I'm going to leave it for any last minute tips, tricks, or pointers from our crew before we go ahead and cap it off. Yeah, everybody deserves chances. Um, I, I want to leave it with that. Uh, but if you, Colonel Young is stern, but he's fair and he's my supervisor. I still have a job, right? There's some parts where I messed up out there and been burned by as a cadre member and everything else like that. But he knows what my intent is. He, if he knows what your intent is, Hey, I'm here, I'm showing up, I'm on time. I'm ready to go with the right equipment. I might stumble around here, but I'm learning and I'm trying to go into an upwards trajectory and be that next generation of leader. If he sees that, then he will always give you a chance. He will always you know, see if he can give you an exception to policy. And that's what people, that's what people need today. Chances. But you gotta, you gotta show up and you gotta show out. If you're just there on the boat while everybody else is paddling, then you're gonna get kicked off the boat. That's the fast, the fastest way to get off the boat. But where he's mm -hmm. gonna rec we're gonna recognize it. We're all gonna recognize it. So don't come up here with the intent for us to just carry you through. That's not how it works. Okay. Come up there, show some effort. Because like <clears throat> Cadet Biosteros had mentioned there was a different time where if you were you weren't paddling already then you couldn't be a part of this program and if that was the case for her she would tell you we would not know poc cadet biostar we would not know her we would not get a chance to to be embraced by a lot of these people who are who are with us today because of the old rules so the new commanders came in and said we need chances we got to give them a chance to grow but your failure your failure or your potential failure not to to pedal when we're pedaling and climb when we're climbing, that's the quickest way to get you kicked out of this program because we're going to ask ourselves the question, what is this person doing here? Why are they here? Right? Why are we climbing and we're pulling them up? We're always pulling them up, always pulling them up. Not every now and then, that's okay. Always pulling them up. So with these yes, criteria, sir. with this criteria, get this, absorb it, understand it, look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I... Am, am I willing to do this? Am, am I willing to try and fail, but try back and, and learn something and get it right the next time? That's what we're looking for. We're looking for that grit. We're already told you that. So don't come up in here expecting us to, to, to pull you all the time. We, we're giving you the information. You've got to go get the rest. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on that note, and to wrap up the segment, the biggest two pieces of advice and the biggest thing that, that we as a team want you guys to pull away work hard and care. The give, a, the give a crap factor needs to be high. That is so important. And that is something that is consistently evaluated for from day one. And your work ethic, your want to go and do it, and your care to go and do it are the most important tools that you can bring with you starting the program. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and 
transition on over to a Thanksgiving theme, Would You Rather, uh, led by myself. So we'll see you over there. Peace. You are listening to Hypercast. Here comes the next segment. Sup, y'all? We are back, and now we're going to be starting an icebreaker led by Cadet Walbro. And this is Thanksgiving theme. Thanksgiving is coming, so we're pretty excited. Off to you, Walbro. All right. So as we as we said, we're going to be doing some Thanksgiving would-you-rathers. I'm going to go around the table. I'm going to ask some questions to some of the folks in the audience, and we're going to see how they think and feel about certain topics. Up first, we got Lieutenant London. If you guys don't know Lieutenant Allen, he is he is a chunk of meat. This man is muscly. He's big. He's got to get a lot of calories in there to sustain that body of his. So this question's for you, sir. Would you rather eat an entire turkey by yourself or eat all the Thanksgiving stuffing by yourself? Which one are you going for? Uh, first of all, I appreciate that intro, player. Um, <laughs> yes, I would definitely say <laughs> I'm probably eat the bird. Okay. Yeah, it's All just right. the dirty Jesus, bird. man. Yeah, I can't imagine a, a stomach full of potatoes and casseroles. That's fair. That's true. Yeah. All right. He's going with the turkey. He's going to be taking a real nice nap, won't you? That's <laughs> you. You might be out for a whole day. Yeah, we'll be out for <laughs> a whole Get the protein player. to fuel the big diesel. There we go. <laughs> All right. Let's move right on along to the next one then. All right. Kelt Wade. I feel like you might be torn by this question. Would you rather have a Thanksgiving meal without your favorite dish, but everything else, or have a meal made up of only your favorite Thanksgiving dish? <laughs> so if your favorite dish is mashed potatoes, it's only mashed potatoes. Like, that's it. You got to take the mashed potatoes. Which one are we going for? Well, for me, Thanksgiving is, I don't really do the traditional thing. Or me and my family, we don't, we don't do turkey because nobody in my family likes turkey. Okay. We do prime rib. So my favorite thing on thanksgiving is prime rib and okay. you had better believe that i will throw down several plates of prime rib and be completely satisfied like there you, you go no i don't even need potatoes no bread i don't even need a drink all right i'll throw it down with the au jus sauce that comes with it <laughs> yeah, all right he's guggling he's a guggle take it down there you go thank you that was a good one all right so cadet wade's going in there with entirely prime rib nothing else no, I mean, not even water. He's just prime rib only. He's going to use the steak. If you cook it right, you don't need yeah, nothing. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, Captain Sledge, obviously being a father of many, mm. many children mm -hmm. uh, and having to do Thanksgiving for <laughs> said family, this is going to be a really good question for you, sir. Mm. Would you rather cook the Thanksgiving meal or clean up all the dishes by yourself? Mm. So I gotta cook. I gotta cook everything by myself. You either gotta cook everything <laughs> by yourself or clean up all the dishes by yourself. Oh, I'm I'm on dish duty. I'm on dish duty for sure. I'm, I'm on dish duty. Okay, so one thing that the Air Force has taught me throughout the 19 years plus that I've been in is how to contract. So I wouldn't even need. I wouldn't even be cooking it. I wouldn't even be cooking it. I know the places that can do the thing. So I can, you know, and I, that's exactly what I'm doing this year because I don't have the time or the bandwidth. I'm too busy chasing kids. So. If I got to do the dishes, that's perfectly fine for me. I'm cool with it. All right. That's, you know what? That's honestly, that's good perspective. I think I'd cook it because it'd be more enjoyable than just doing dishes. I used to be a dishwasher in high school for my job. So washing dishes makes me physically angry. Uh, so I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that's what your job is. See, no. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Kent Stevens, Vice GMCA, would you rather be in the Thanksgiving Day Parade 
or be one of the hosts commenting on the parade? Which Ooh. what fifteen oh, seconds man. of fame are you picking? That's a great question. I'd definitely be one of the hosts. Okay. So show off my 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 radio voice, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. No, if I was in the parade, then you know I'd be like one of the guys dancing on the floats or something, or like in a costume, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, nah, I'm good. Okay, that's good. um. But like, if I'm like the one announcing it and like commentating, commentating and stuff, then I can, you know, I feel like that's that's much more, you know, more my strength. So I definitely be more the commentator. All right, all right. Get by Asteris, we're gonna bring it around to you. Let's see. Would you rather eat an entire pumpkin pie or drink the whole gravy boat? Oh my god! Oh my eat? god! Okay, I don't really like gravy. It's like <laughs> you don't like gravy. Oh, no. oh man, no. Oh no. Maybe me and my family we haven't really ever really eaten gravy like growing up either. So whenever I tasted it the first time, I was like, oh, it's kind of mid or kind of ew. So I would rather just eat pumpkin pie. I mean, I feel like I never eat pumpkin pie anywhere else throughout the year. So might as well stack it up all in one day. I think that'd be good. Like the Costco ones, <laughs> superb. Yeah, yeah Costco. Yeah, see, that's dangerous right there. Mm-hmm. Best prices, best flavor. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. Two for two. All right. Let's see. Ooh. Okay. This is a really fun question. Ketlin, would you rather wow. eat a Thanksgiving meal with just your hands or have to open your Christmas present using a fork? <laughs> the heck, man? I like this one. This one's good. Um, Man, I don't even eat my Thanksgiving with utensils anyway, so I'm gonna oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's already do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with that one, man. He's already good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm already yeah, I've been prepping since birth. <laughs> there you go. Good. All right. Well, we know we know how he's getting down uh Thanksgiving. He's just going in. He's grabbing it with his hands, throwing it mm-hmm. on down and moving on to the next thing. Okay, let's see. Cadet Wade. Would you rather keep a turkey as a pet for a year or have to kill the turkey you eat for Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> you, are you dealing, are you going through the pain of having to, to raise and take care of this thing for a year only for it to leave? Or are you just going to go ahead and take care of the turkey yourself? What's up? I would say, why not both? You know, give them, give them a good life, get them nice and fat, you know, keep them happy. And then when it starts getting a little close to that time, you know, put all, all the work that you put into him. It's like, hey, I'm gonna need some of that work. I'm gonna need some of that. I'm gonna need some of that back. <laughs> Dang, Tyree. Dang. Oh, all right. <laughs> Let's see. Hmm. Who likes running? Stevens, I'm gonna ask you this question again. I feel like you're a good runner. Would you rather run a turkey shot and come in first place? That's guaranteed. You will come in first, or not have to run it at all. Ooh, that's a good question. I'd I'd run it. Um, you know, like I'm a decent runner. I'm not terrible at it. I'm I'm decent. Um, but I don't like running. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely more important to me to like to say like, yeah, I've done this, and that's like, even though I don't necessarily like like it as much. Um, definitely like the experience of it is definitely more like more important than that. Okay. All right. I like that. Good perspective. All right, we're going to come around for one last question, and then I'm going to cap it off with a question for everybody. Get by Cyrus, would you rather get $100 for every slice of pie you ate or 
get a thousand dollars for not eating any Thanksgiving food. I think you could play this smarter, you know, like you can get a big gun to try, try moving it back to the Costco, you know, pumpkin pie. Like if you make the slices so small and every slice is a hundred dollars and you can make like multiple, you can make like 30 slices out of that pumpkin pie. Like true, I would make three grand instead of 1k. So I think that would be my route. Leave it to the engineer <laughs> to go ahead and engineer some stuff like that. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Group I like of engineers. That. that was a good answer. Yeah. Find a way to to cheat the system okay <laughs> all right one last question for everybody we'll go ahead and kick it off with calvin sledge sir what is your favorite thanksgiving meal dish oh one man dish. man if i had yeah i'm all about and i probably should not have this um but i'm all about anything roast beef or beef fish oh man for Thank sure you. for okay. sure all right for sure okay all right lieutenant london what favorite dish let's go i know you're gonna eat all of them but which one's your favorite <sighs> Yeah, I'm gonna probably go with um, probably some mac and cheese, man. Either oh there, man, or yeah, yeah. Hey, look, let me tell you, let me, man. Let me tell you about that, man. You mess up the mac and cheese at somebody's house, man. They will, they will clown you for the, the until next Thanksgiving. They will clown you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you losing. Yeah, don't mess that up. At least like five years. When, when you hear, when you hear, who the hell made this <laughs> macaroni and cheese? Then either it's good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> you about to get roasted for the rest of the freaking year. Yeah. I went to one of my mom's family friends Thanksgiving. Like well, it wasn't actually Thanksgiving, but we were pre-celebrating. They had like raisins in their mac and cheese. What? No, oh, not the raisins, no. man. Lord. Not the raisins. Lord. Not the, not the raisins, man. Jalapenos is cool, mm. but not the raisins. Yeah. The raisins. No, no. I just sat in the corner the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wade, I think you already answered this, but favorite Thanksgiving dish? Yeah, obviously the prime rib, but to complement it, if I were to able to have the other, the sides, it's mm -hmm. got to be some some lumpia on the side. Okay. And that's a that's Filipino dish. The mac and cheese and the potatoes. You put all okay. of those together, that's the perfect Thanksgiving plate yeah, right there. The sides is on point. You got yeah, it. Yeah. Now we know what's, what's cooking at Wade's house this Thanksgiving. Okay, oh, yeah. If I could get some yams after it, then we'll go. <laughs> All right. Kip Ayesteros, favorite Thanksgiving dish? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. It's going to be the mashed potatoes. Like, if you put some yes, bacon in there, you. corn. Like, I can, really, I think in Thanksgiving, I eat more mashed potatoes than I do turkey or anything else. Uh -huh. I have, like, four or five plates. Hey, but wait, it's wait. so worth it. You guys, you guys bowing your heads, and you're supposed to have your eyes closed, but you looking dead at that the mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes. Yes, yes. I'm dead at jealous. It. Bow your head, Fernanda. All right. <laughs> All right. And last but certainly not least, Kiss Stevens, favorite Thanksgiving dish. It's already been said, but mashed potatoes. Mashed Easy. potatoes. Yeah, no I am contest. I am also one hundred percent on the mashed potatoes and gravy train. It just I eat like half to start the crying. Potatoes. It's just so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I eat like half the mashed potatoes on the table whenever it's like put out. It's it's, it's bad. The, the turkey is the side to my, my, my entree and mashed potatoes and gravy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we are out of time, so that'll conclude it for this week's Would You Rather. Uh, but happy early Thanksgiving, uh, and we'll let Bysteris go ahead and pass it off. Alrighty, thank you, Cal. That was a wonderful Thanksgiving a little icebreaker that we had. Now we're going to shut it down with Captain Sledge. Any closing comments, sir? Yeah, so I actually want you to um bring up the 
the recent survey news that you had here that you had ready for us. I think we got a little bit of time and I'll share that with you. Um, can you break down what the primary message of the recent survey uh, news that, that was out there? Um, and so we can bring up so my, my final, it's going to lead up to my final comments. Alrighty. So do you want me to like, just read off the bullets that, um, yep, you can, you you can, or at least the, the one that you thought that was most impactful, uh, Alrighty. concerning healthcare. Okay. So, so we're going to hit it off with the recent survey news. Cat journal Sally was not here. So we're going to take that up from her, but according to us news survey, it was real that revealed that nearly one third of Americans are dealing with healthcare related death was often totals at least a thousand dollars and can lead to foregoing care. Um, and approximately half of working age Americans are struggling to pay for healthcare expenses and which also found one in three individuals are grappling with some, again, form of healthcare death. I would say that is primarily one of the biggest things that we are facing today. I mean, I have my own little, like, I don't know if you guys are tracking all the strikes happening uh, with the casinos, right? And a lot of the workers that are, you know, participating in those strikes, the casinos are actually getting rid of their insurance. That happened to my mom and my dad. Like, and it, it's pretty crazy because obviously we need insurance right now. Um, but even a small example like that, so. So th what I'm trying to get at and, and, and that you, see how that impacts everybody? Now, the question for you all, or something I want y'all to think about, is given the profession that, that you guys are about to go, uh, even the GMC who are listening in or the POC who are listening in, do you know the health benefits of the organization that you're about to join? Do you know the health benefits of the organizations that you're, you're not joining? Um, and it, it, do some research on it. And you'll see that once you become commissioned or whatever, your medical expenses are covered. Okay, through TRICARE or whatever the case may be, all right? We, we complain a lot, you know, we do a bunch of complaining, but keep in mind that our, our medical, and as you get older, you will see it, you will see it. That medical is critical, okay? Even for yourself as you're coming up or your kids, even more importantly, because don't forget, you got kids, right? And you, you got a spouse, right? You have a significant other, you got to take care of that. So, uh, Cadet Biosteros, what do you got? We were actually talking about it. I know Cadet Wade has a lot of topics on this because I know there's two different TRICARE plans, TRICARE Prime and TRICARE Select. I think he has some good points that he can mention. Cool. I've been on um, my dad's TRICARE my whole life, and I was breaking a lot of bones as a kid. <laughs> breaking a lot of bones, getting a lot of stitches. And uh, uh, as you look back and start to see and, and like you said as you get older you see how expensive medical things are it it does become very grateful for that benefit that the military has to offer but there's different military uh, plans with tricare tricare prime tricare select for dependents and all of that and you have options of whether you can have uh, your service be done on base if you live either on base or close enough to where um, your primary care provider will be somebody on base, but usually those, you know, if time sludge you've probably gone through before to get a medical appointment probably takes a year, a year, half a year. Mm -hmm. And you London speaks on this too. Yep. It is it is a little bit of a hassle, but if you're gonna be waiting for a little bit. How, what's the longest you've waited for an appointment? Um so the longest I've waited and this was probably like last year, um uh, was probably like about four months. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. 
but if you can plan your where you live and your medical situation wisely you can still be covered under tricare but be seen by a civilian doctor and that's what i've done most of my life it's weird enough I, i've been under a kid's doctor until i was about 22 so i was like a 22 year old going to the child's hospital and they're like what do you need i'm like uh, i need a physical for uh Afrati, or I need a MRI scan for my back because Dodmerb is coming after me. Those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, London, you probably got more though. We're kind of sledge, but that's all I've got. Yeah. So what I what I want to like that leads to my some my final comments because a lot of people don't value that right. Most people are young and they they just they they think they're going to be invincible forever and. As you get older, you start realizing that is not the case, or you start seeing people, uh, you know, stay a little bit on this earth a little bit longer. You start seeing people disappear. You see, you start people start seeing people pass from this earth, and you start realizing, oh wow, you know, I need, to, oh why, how, why did he pass away? Because of what? Oh, he didn't have no insurance to take care of this. Oh man, that's crazy. You start thinking of those things. I don't want you to think about that when you're 39 in my age. I want you guys to start thinking about that at 19. And, and, and being grateful and being appreciative of the organization that covers and takes care of you because there's a lot of organizations don't, don't, that, that you don't have it like that, okay? Or you, you, a lot of people know that their parents, they don't have it like that, and everybody should have it like that. So my closing, my closing thoughts are, are, are simply this. Be appreciative and understand what you are about to get into. The grass is greener on the other side given that you take care of the challenges, okay? So I, I went to... Um, Colonel Young's office and I said, sir, I saw this interesting article and I want to share it and I want to make posters uh, of, of this and I want to put these in the POC office and the GMC office because cadets do not understand the organization and the benefits that come with that organization that they're joining. They have no idea. They just complain that they got to be up at six o'clock in the morning. They complain they got to do this and that and the other thing, but have no idea that the juice is definitely worth the squeeze. So I'm going to break this down for you. Okay. Imagine you going into your next job interview. Okay, and and you you you're you're not qualified at all. You, we you we don't know you from the man in the moon. Okay, you, we don't. We you might have a little bit of college in you. Okay, you might have a college degree, but start this way. Tell your potential employer you want four thousand dollars a month starting, and don't forget to demand base allowance for housing. That's that that's different and substance separately and frequent pay raises and quick promotions. Yeah, ask about that and see how they treat you. Okay, you just got out of college, by the way, or, or maybe even high, out of high school. Okay, oh, insist of you know a minimum of thirty days paid vacation per per year plus weekends. Oh, and the twelve federal holidays off and the family days. Yeah, ask them about that. See how that works out. Okay, we just talked about this. Demand the full medical and dental coverage at no cost to you. Okay, and unlimited paid sick leave. Oh, and that's not just for you. That's for your spouse and that's for your kids. Okay, ask about that and let's see what you let's see what you get. Okay. And since they hire you, you ain't got no experience. You might, you might've had this and that and the other, but this ain't no significant experience given that what you want to be. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a logistician. I want to be a cyber. I have no experience in that area, but you're going to give me that. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. Okay. Ask them about that. Okay. Oh, by the way, tell them that you want to pursue a, a master's degree, right? Cause you got your bachelor's, but you want to continue to go to college and oh, I want you to pay for it. Right. So let's, because London's doing that right now. I promise you right now, he's like, I, I'm not really paying for it. Like, I got something covering that, okay? Tell him you want 100% of the tuition paid off and see how that goes, okay? 
insist on a free membership to a state-of-the-art fitness facility. Has anybody been to Nellis, right? Has anybody been over mm -hmm. there and hung over there at that gym? How you like that? Okay, and get Pretty in for solid. free. You ain't gotta take, you ain't gotta take care. They just, you just walk in, okay? At any time, 24 7, 365, it's tailored to you. Try that, okay? Try free travel. If you gotta travel, if, if they're making you travel to go train, tell, tell them that you need them to pay for it and see how that goes. Because most of the time that doesn't happen that way, okay? Oh, a, law, a life insurance policy that comes with your package up to $500,000 of coverage? Try that. Try, I demand you. Excuse me, Mr. McDonald's man. That's when I'm, I, I need that from you. $500,000 in case something happens to me. Something could happen to me right now in this moment and my family is covered. I don't have to worry about anything. Find a location that can do the same thing for you to cover it that much for, for, for no experience at all. Let's give it a shot, right? Okay. Oh, by the way, when I, when I contract with you and I take my trade, I'm getting out in four years, or I might get out in six or 10 years, right? I've taken my experience and I'm leaving. I'm not even returning it back to you. Thanks for training me. See you later. Um, also, you're going to give me $47,000 for college uh, or up to $80,000 for college because I got a GI bill, right? remember? That, 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 you, that I demanded from you, all right? So all that, I'm furthering my education. Oh, yeah, by the way, you got to pay my bills while that's happening, okay? Oh, for, you know, a free uniform or a free uniform allowance or anything. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. That's true, too. Oh, lastly, I intend on retiring after 20 years of service. All right. And then I'm going to collect pension for the rest of my life. Right. While, while I'm sitting there chilling, doing something else. So what I'm trying to get at, y'all, is before you guys complain about what we make you do and what the duty requirements are, understand what you're getting on the other side of the house. And those are just a few things that benefit that you can benefit from just by signing on and being contracted. So really pay attention to that. And if that's not your, that's not the boat you're floating in, then try the other avenues and try to get that from any other organization, all right? So again, talk to somebody different than you, learn how it goes, you might pick up something different. And I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving and all that cool stuff in between, all right? See you guys next time.